0: Paul tells Timothy to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture. Um, And for no better reason, that's what we are going to do. When I learnt French, uh, I never got beyond Longman Audiovisual French Stage 2, or whatever it was. Um, and, And the thing I can remember from that was the recordings we had to listen to, which was Écoutez et répétez. Listen and repeat. And, and that's a great idea because it helps set something in our, in our minds and it helps us remember and learn. Uh, so uh, we're going to re- repeat this together. We will devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. Okay? Ecouté et répétez, we will devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. We will devote ourselves to the public reading of Scripture. So turn to Psalm 119. No, just kidding. Um, Now we're picking up Mark's Gospel, but quite often in Mark's Gospel there's quite a lot going on, so uh, sometimes we need to get a bit of the flow and uh, so we're going to be looking uh, in Mark chapter four, but the context of that is Mark chapter three. Um, it, it's been a busy day for Jesus at the end of Mark chapter three. Uh, he's chosen twelve disciples. Um, he goes to a house for some R and R, relaxation and refreshment, and so on. But a crowd gathers so quickly that he doesn't even get a chance to eat. Uh, That's not been many of our problems. Um, Then the religious police arrive. You thought you had a bad day. And they start accusing him of working for the devil. And then his family hear about it. And they, they think they've got to take charge. They've got to come and sort things out and take him away and sort him out and put him in respite somewhere. Verse 29, chapter 3. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are standing looking for you. And Jesus said, Who are my mother and brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. And my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. In Romans 10, Paul says that not everyone who hears the gospel will believe. However, faith comes by hearing the word. Of Christ, and we're going to devote ourselves to the public reading of scripture. You thought I'd finished, we've just started. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path, and the birds came down and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that it did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone with the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables, he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be saved. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away this word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since it has no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth... And the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold what has sown. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what, what you hear, he considered. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And now we get to the bit for today. Thank you for being devoted to the public reading of Scripture. Um, Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for listening attentively. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted... It grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. And here I must protest. Steve Kerry two weeks ago, had it easy. He had a parable about seed. And Jesus explained it. I have two parables about seed, and there is no explanation. I can't see it, can you? I spent most of last week struggling to work it out, and it's hard work. Then yesterday, Barnabas, Matthew Price, says, I'll encourage you, look at Bugs' life. (laughs) He said, "If in effect, Proverbs 6, verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. So I did. Hey, flip! But I like you. You're weird, but I like you. (laughs) Did you hear how the parable was used you might not feel like you can do much now but that's because you're well you're not a tree yet you just have to give yourself some time you're still a seed is that the gospel no that's not the gospel It's the gospel according to Disney. It's the gospel according to DreamWorks. It's Kung Fu Panda. Make the most of your opportunities. Be who you are. Um, Don't worry, you're just a seed. One day you'll be a wonderful tree. It's not the gospel according to Mark. The affluent church of the West has been sucked in by another gospel Uh, It's got a technical name. It's called Moral Therapeutic Deism. It's moral. It says, do nice things. It's therapeutic. It says, your dreams will come true. And it's deism. God will be pleased with you. Because at least he got a mention. God wants nothing more than to see you succeed. Now we're going to have to work harder at this one. Parables. Parables are about judgment. We're not to stand over the parables and judge them. No, they stand over us and they judge us. Parables are about division. Steve touched on this two weeks ago. Uh, Parables divide people into two. There are people on the outside and there are people on the inside. If we looked at the parable of the sower, we would see there are people on the outside, the religious experts. Uh, They're like the seed that falls on the path and the birds come and snatch the seed away. There's the crowd. They're like the stony ground where the seed sprouts up. It's very enthusiastic. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of show. But as soon as it gets hard, they dwindle away. In John's Gospel, it gets to the point of everyone has gone and Jesus turns around and says to the disciples, so you're still here? And the response is, well, where else shall we go? You're the one who has the words of eternal life. And then there's Jesus' own family. We've seen them. They're like the thorns. Uh, They only think about the cares of this world. Uh, He's out of his mind. We better take charge of him. Um, The people on the outside and then the people on the inside, the ones that Jesus chose, the 12 apostles, the ones he chose to preach and to cast out demons, as Mark preached to us a few weeks back. The 12, the good soil, Chosen and called by Jesus to be fruitful. Those on the outside only hear parables. Those on the inside, everything is explained. And the parables are cryptic. Who here likes doing cryptic crosswords? Now we've got three or four. Um, It takes a long time to learn how the mind of the cryptic crossword writer works, there's a code you have to learn. Cryptic is the word actually here, secret and hidden, cryptos. Um, It's also the word that we use for encryption, for coding, cryptography. It allows people to talk in public without everyone understanding. We can share secrets in public and the enemy doesn't know. And in Mark 4, verse 12, it says, When he was alone with those around him, the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those on the outside, everything is in parables. It's encrypted. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And this idea of writing things that only some people understand is there in Mark's Gospel elsewhere. There's a bit where Mark says, let the reader understand. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. And there's an idea here with it being cryptic, of it being under the radar. The things that Jesus is saying in the parables are for those who are on the inside. And those who are on the outside, it just goes straight over their heads. It comes in under the radar and nobody sees it well that can be a bit worrying what if you're not on the inside if I don't understand the parables, if I don't know why we're doing seed yet again (laughs) does that mean I'm not a Christian it doesn't mean that (laughs) you're in good company The, the disciples didn't understand Don't you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable, says Jesus? Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. And with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable but when he was alone with his own disciples the inside people he explained everything remember he 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 was sat in that house and he had a group of people sat around him and he said this is my family this is where we share the family secrets they're on the inside But the parables are also an invitation. One of the most striking things I discovered this last week was Isaiah 55. Now, I've always known it was there, but I didn't know how much of Isaiah 55 is being acted out in Mark chapter 4. Something you could do afterwards is go and have a look. Uh, It's quite stunning. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money come buy and eat, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and labor for that which is, does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. I'd always wonder why Jesus did this thing with the boat and where he just used the boat. Come to the waters. Come and hear. He's acting out, Isaiah 55. And if you follow it through, you'll find there's even more that is being acted out there. And Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And if anyone has ears to hear, it's an invitation it's also a bit enticing. Sometimes a parable can be, well, like a cryptic crossword. I, I don't know. Uh, I noticed that Bible. You have a symbol on your Bible there, sir. Uh, what is that symbol? Hold it up for the crowd. It's tiny. It's a fish. Ichthus. The Greek word meaning? Fish. Thank you. And it's, uh, it's an acronym. Ichthus. Jesus Christ. God's son saviour and it was like a secret symbol that was put up by Christians to say we're meeting here and, and people wear all sorts of crazy symbols um, the church in Wrexham in uh, has is gateway church and so they have a, a new logo made, gateway church but then somebody thought it would be fun to play with it and this is uh, come in find Jesus, go out tell others or if you like, in, up, out. Could catch on that, couldn't it? But the, the nice thing with this t-shirt is you can go to Freshers' Fair and people will say, what does that mean? And you go, ha-ha. <laughs> and the parables are a bit like that. What does that mean? Aha. Why so much seed? Aha. And there is, there is a response demanded by the parables And the Mark's Gospel helps us to know how to respond. Now, you might feel, when it comes to the the parables, that you're paralysed. That you can't get to where Jesus is. You can't get to be with his family and his close circle. So you can't get to be where he's explaining everything. Well, Maybe you should ask your friends who do know Jesus if you could come with them. And we have a picture of that in Mark chapter 2, don't we? We have a paralysed man lowered through the roof. He's brought by his friends. Perhaps you feel that your ear, you, although you have ears, they don't work. Well, in Mark chapter 7, we find a deaf man whose friends bring him to Jesus and beg Jesus to heal him, and he does. Why do you think Jesus makes such a fuss about hearing and then heals deaf people? Because if you ask Jesus to heal you of your spiritual deafness, your inability to understand the parables, he will. But what if you don't know any Christian friends, if you don't have anyone you could ask? Well, it's none of you, is it? Because you could always ask somebody afterwards today. But imagine you're a blind man and you don't have any friends and you just sit by the side of the road and you hear Jesus is coming past and you're in Mark chapter 10 and your name is Bartimaeus. What do you do? You shout out, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's all you do until he comes. And that's what he does. And he says, What do you want me to do for you? And, he's, and you say, I want to see and he opens your eyes. So the parables, although they are confusing and they divide people from the outside and the inside and they stand in judgment over us and put us in one camp or the other, they also invite us to come. They also invite us to have our eyes opened and our ears opened and to meet the king. Let's just We've had so many preliminaries. It's time to finish. But we're not going to. We're just going to pray and then we're going to take a quick look at these parables. Jesus, the parables are confusing. We sometimes don't know what they mean. And we've heard lots of other ideas from other people and there are traditional ways of reading them. We want to understand We want to hear what you have to say. And we ask you to open our ears, to open our eyes, and help us to see and to hear. So, we have a parable of the the, the growing seed. Verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises Night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The kingdom of God is like. What is this kingdom? I have to confess I'm indebted to a friend, uh, Alan Rose, at York City Church. Um, he, he, he did a brilliant... I, 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 you should listen to his sermons rather than mine on this, because they are fantastic, and you can hear them on their website. So maybe if you get an appetite from this, go and do that. York City Church. We have to understand the context in which this parable is said, it has a lot of resonances for Israel's history. You see, Abraham was promised that through his seed all the descendants of the world would be blessed. And Israel had this idea that that God was sowing them into the land to be fruitful. Uh, And Isaiah 5 actually says God did everything to make that work he actually it was like a vineyard that God had done really really a lot of work to make a success he'd sown israel into the land and actually all they produced was rotten stinking fruit and so israel had gone into exile and although they had partially returned from exile it was incomplete uh, it was a day of small things And now they were facing Roman occupation. So this talk of the kingdom and seed would have meant a lot to these people. Uh, and, And it was their hope. They were waiting for the exile to be fully ended. They were waiting for the kingdom of God to be finally established in Jerusalem. And even some of them were quite... Militant about it, uh, there were people called the Zealots, and and they were almost like the um, Israeli Resistance Army, the IRA. So just for I'll just translate that for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got this idea of a kingdom being established and God's King, but meet the King, the King. Um, Israel had been waiting for hundreds of years for the kingdom of God. Then one day, as Alan would say, Jesus rocks up and says, It's time. The waiting is over. The kingdom of God is here. It's me. You're looking in the wrong direction. Turn around and follow me. Mark chapter 1, paraphrased. Jesus is the King of the Kingdom, the promised King of the Promised Kingdom. Wherever Jesus is, his kingdom is. Jesus announces the good news of his kingdom. He preaches the gospel. That is the proclamation of the good news. He sows seed. And when we read the parable of the sower, Jesus is the sower. But if we read Isaiah 6, at the end of Isaiah 6, we'll also find that Jesus is the seed. So Jesus is the king of the kingdom, and Jesus is the seed and the sower. So um, it's not about me, it's about him. If we're going to understand these parables properly, we have to understand it's primarily about Jesus, the king, the seed. So Disney... It isn't us. It isn't our hopes and dreams, unless they are in Jesus. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And the parables of the kingdom are subversive. Um, Jesus has to be very careful, careful not to incite the IRA into terrorist acts, because all sorts of people wanted to just beat up the 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 Germans, the Romans, and kick them out. And some of them thought, actually, we could start this, and because Jesus is the king, maybe he'll, that will force him, his hand, and maybe he will do something. But Jesus is working undercover. The seed has been sown, the harvest will come, it's a dead cert. Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. Whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. Jesus must go to Jerusalem. He must be crowned king. The truth will out, things will be sorted, and there will be judgment. And in this parable we find judgment. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Now if you're a Jew and you understood the Old Testament, you'd know, aha, Ah, oh. Joel chapter 3 verses 11 to 13 bring down your warriors Lord let the nations be roused let the advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat for there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe come trample the grapes for the winepress is full and the vats overflow so great is their wickedness the IRA, the Israeli Resistance Army, think the kingdom is about the Messiah judging the nations, especially the Romans, and that they could help that along. The disciples think the same thing. Do you remember Peter? That's actually what Peter's on about. Jesus says, the Christ has to suffer and die, and Peter says, no way. You might be the Christ, but that's not happening to you, mate. And there's a twist. You see, James and John in Mark chapter 10 know that they have to go up to Jerusalem and that Jesus has to be crowned in glory. And they come up to Jesus and they say, well, we'd like if you to do something for us, if that's all right. We're your mates. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, well, we'd like... He's not asking too much. We'd like to be on your left and on your right when you come into your glory. And Jesus says, you haven't a clue what you're asking. Because there will be a left and a right. And those places have already been assigned. And if we jump forward to Mark 15 we can see what that means. There were crucified with him two thieves, one on his left and one on his right. So the big upset, the big thing that they all got wrong is yes, Jesus has to go to Jerusalem. Yes, he has to be enthroned. Yes, he has to be crowned. But they didn't understand that the judgment... Wasn't coming on the Romans. It was coming on him. They didn't understand that the throne would be a cross and that the crown would be made of thorns. Do you understand that? Do you have ears? Do you hear? Jesus will be enthroned in Jerusalem, but outside the walls, nailed to a Roman cross. Jesus will be crowned as king, but with a crown of thorns pressed down on his head. Judgment will come, but not on the nations, on Jesus as he stands in the place of sinners as a ransom for many he must he must suffer and die and rise again he must give his life as a ransom for many this is the secret this is what is coded the twelve cannot do this he actually asked them can you do this? They say, oh, yes, we can. You can't do this. And the 12 mustn't be allowed to screw it up. Maybe that's sometimes why they're told not to say anything, because they don't understand. The kingdom of God is as if a man would scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. There are some things you don't need to know. Donald Rumsfeld. (laughs) Donald Rumsfeld said, reports that say that something hasn't happened are always interesting to me because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know that we know. There are known unknowns. That is to say, there are things we now know we don't know. But there are also unknown unknowns. There are things we do not know, we don't know. And there are some things we don't need to know. You sow the seed and it grows. Do you know how it works? I mean, have you ever seen kids for the first time putting one of those beans in a jar with some paper, moist blotting paper, and the thrill of coming and watching it every day? And suddenly there's a sprout and then it grows. How does that happen? Scientists are still, you know, know, we have mechanisms, We, we can understand so much, but how does that happen? It's a miracle. And so it is with the kingdom. And we shouldn't be tempted to think with the kingdom that we can make it happen like the disciples thought they could. Jesus says that it's impossible for us to save anyone 1 Corinthians 3, 5-9, Paul says, what about Apollos? He's a good preacher. What a Paul. Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the one that was named before Martin Luther King, puts it like this. Take me, for example. I opposed the indulgences and the papists, but never by force. I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word, otherwise, I did nothing. And then, while I slept or drank Witten beer, Wittenberg beer with my friend Philip, the word so greatly weakened the papacy that never a prince or emperor. Did such damage to it. I did nothing. The word did it all. Had I wanted to start trouble, I could have started such a little game at worms that even the emperor wouldn't have been safe. But what would that have been? A mug's game. I did nothing. I left it to the word. Did, no, did you know Luther was from London? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did nothing. I left it to the word. And that's how we should do. We have been given a certain thing to do, to preach, cast out demons. But God gives the increase. I don't know it happens. I don't know how to make it happen. It seems to happen despite me. I've seen people respond to the gospel and I thought, well, they didn't get that from me. It's almost a proof. I just know that when the gospel is preached, something happens. God's word doesn't return to him void. God's word is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Better do the other parable, just so that Rosie can tick off all three. Again, he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. When planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that even the birds can perch in its shade. Who would have thought, particularly if you're a Jew, a zealot, waiting for the Messiah to come and kick the Romans out, who would have thought that the first person to benefit from the death of Jesus would be a Roman centurion. That's the way Mark paints it. They had this little vision of what God was going to do for them. God had a much bigger vision. The gospel is much bigger than your little world, than my little world. We're living proof, aren't we? How many Jews here? thought as much. We're all Gentiles. Now the birds coming to branch in the air, uh, there's a a bit there in uh, Zechariah, I think. Um, That's what it's quoting, about birds coming in the air. And Zechariah elsewhere talks about the birds as if they are the Gentiles. So this little seed grows into this big tree such that even the Gentiles can come and perch in the branches God made a promise to Abraham that through his seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that's something we can look forward to enjoying some more of here in Chester. So many international people coming here. We can begin to see more and more people from every nation under the the sun coming into the gospel. One other thing... I said the seed was Jesus. The man sows the seed and it says, he sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He does not know how. Now he's a cracker. The word for rises is the same word used to describe the resurrection of Jesus. So we have two parallel things going on. The seed is buried in the ground. The man sleeps. Then he rises and the seed has grown. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? So in this story, in this parable, Jesus wants to see his own death and resurrection. Wow. Are we just imagining this? Do we find this anywhere else in the Bible? John chapter 12. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only one single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If you're on the inside with Jesus, when you die, that's not the end. You have the promise that you will be raised from the dead just as he was. He's the proof. Except a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, if it dies, it produces many seeds. There's a promise of resurrection for you. And it's promised because of Jesus' resurrection. Peter, quoting from Isaiah, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For, this is the Isaiah bit, we all know it, all people are like grass, And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. That could be any of us this week. If you're in Christ, there's hope. The word of the Lord endures forever. Is that word in you? Have you heard it? Do you understand it? Have you taken it in? The enduring word of God, is it in you? Because if it is, then when you die, you have the promise that you will be raised again because you are not of perishable seed, but imperishable seed. Whoever has ears to hear, hear!